Hey everybody, welcome to Cincinnati Real Producers Podcast, powered by Nextdoor Photos. I'm Patrick Braddock, owner and publisher of Cincinnati Real Producers. And I'm Daniel Ziegler, owner of Nextdoor Photos. Every week, we're getting to know Cincinnati's top realtors. Our goal is to elevate and inspire the real estate community throughout greater Cincinnati. Right. Today we have Amanda Gibbs, the team lead for the Queen City team at Coldwell Banker Heritage. Amanda is in her eighth year selling real estate and her career sales volume is over $80 million. Amanda is the 2024 Women's Council of Realtors President. She received the Butler Warren Sales Master Award in 2017 through 2019. She also received the President's Sales Club Award every year since 2018 and the Circle of Excellence every year since 2019. She also received the Icon Award in 2021. Welcome to the show, Amanda Gibbs. Thanks for having me. This will be a fun one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love you, Amanda. <laughs> I love you guys, too. You are awesome. I um, When did we first meet? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Because it was, I mean, we featured you way back when. Wasn't the first time we met the coffee shop in Hyde Park? Yes. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, it was. That was really fun. I um I've always enjoyed getting to um to know you, follow you, uh especially as we dive into this podcast, it'll be cool talking about your background and how things transitioned from one career to another and and seeing that growth and the recognition to take that leap, you mm-hmm. know, that's going to be it's going to be fun. So thanks for thanks for being a part of this. Oh, this I'm is, super excited. We're super excited to have you. So, <laughs> yeah. And I get the pleasure of seeing you two days in a row. I know. Got to be there last night as this will date this podcast a little bit, I guess. Well, both of you have got to see me twice this week. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's Thank one. you for your support. <laughs> Sorry I didn't support you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's very busy. Just a busy time of year, that's for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, but congratulations on being the Women's Council President for 2024. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. I'm super excited. I'm excited for you. It was an interesting way to kind of be tapped into that. You know, oh, yeah? I started out last year as a uh, first vice president at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And then by mid year, I became president elect because the president elect stepped down. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then by end of the year, I was being asked to be president for this upcoming year. True. So yeah, it was a lot. That escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. It did. Yeah. It yeah. seems like that's a trend yeah. in women's council, especially like in Ohio. And it's a trend we're hoping to break. You know, um, I wasn't super familiar with what women's council had to offer until I got a little bit more involved. And then when I took those positions and said, said yes to those things, my eyes were opened up to everything about women's council. And I think more so a lot of the things that they don't usually talk about or you're not really, I guess, shown, you know, just from an outside perspective. So it's a really cool group of women that work together. They support each other. They, you know, do everything to make sure that we're all successful. We have all the leadership training we need. Like they make sure you have all the tools to do all the things in real estate that you want to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, I think you mentioned it doesn't have to be in real estate either, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. It's just women helping women. Yeah. You could be, you could be a lawyer. 
and yeah. want to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And we try to um, we try to do events that support women too. That's you know, awesome. so even when we're downtown, you know, Cincinnati over the Rhine has a lot of women owned businesses. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we try to navigate to support those businesses, mm -hmm. like with our events. Um, but it's just a really good feeling to be able to collaborate with other individuals in all avenues of whatever. You know, we've got some people that have just joined Women's Council this upcoming year that are in staging. And then, you know, also like other avenues that aren't really directly affected or affiliated with real estate, mm -hmm. but they love the support and they just, they said, you know, walking in the door and just talking to people, they just had that good vibe. They were like, yeah. yes, mm -hmm. this is something I want to be a part of. It's really a good cool. community. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Absolutely. Well, thanks for taking charge. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we're running it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited to see what we can do with it this year. You know, it's. Obviously, as you know, it's 100% volunteer, mm -hmm. uh, but we've got a really good board this upcoming year and a lot of people that are really excited to give back and just turn this up and really get a lot more members and a lot more people involved so that they can all have a little bit to take away from this because we feel like there's so much that this, this gives so much opportunity that I feel like we just have to do a better job in making sure everybody has an opportunity to... to get involved with that sure. so yeah well yeah. i mean this podcast is supposed to be about you but do you want to i mean provide like some sort of invitation or kind of what would you want somebody listening to this to know about women's council and and why they should join yeah absolutely we have our events planned out for the entire year next year we sat down and took a three hours to do it but we felt like that was super important so people could see everything that we have coming up and we've got anything from um, golf lessons to continuing ed classes to leadership classes. We even have a business planning coming out in January. So there's just a lot of different things that we're just trying to tap on all the avenues of. I think the best way, if somebody's not completely involved, they can message myself or jump on our uh, Women's Council Real Realtors Cincinnati page, and we will make sure that we post all of our events there. They'll come out in our newsletters. If they want to sign up for that, we can add them to the list. But then that way they're always notified of everything that's coming up that's awesome. and that they can just, you know, click the button to sign up and participate. So we don't turn away anybody if they're not members. We do have some events this year that'll be members only, but it just kind of gives them that little push to become a member. Yeah. There you go. Well, cool. So Patrick, you alluded to, mm. I mean, this past career, but mm. I, you know, we've known each other for years and I don't actually, I don't know if... <laughs> If I know, what You're did you do familiar? before real estate? Oh my goodness. <laughs> maybe I do and I'm just totally blanking on it. Um, maybe not. I did sell that business two years ago. Yeah. So, um, but I built a scratch book insurance agency. No way. So I did. And I did that with farmers insurance. Okay. So I was kind of a baby at the time because, you know, I'm super young now. And uh, <laughs> when, I <laughs> when I built that out, I owned it for a total of 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and that was an interesting opportunity is the way I'll say it. I loved it. I was super passionate about it. I saw what insurance could do for people's lives, mm -hmm. you know, in all regards, you know, just, and that made me passionate because I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is something like everybody needs. You know, I, I don't understand like why anybody would not want to have any of these things. Right. It's just protecting them, but also allowing them the opportunity to make sure their family's okay. So mm -hmm. there was just so many different avenues with it. Um, I was a really big commercial insurance agent. Oh, yeah? Uh, which is interesting, being a woman in a man's world big time in that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but I loved it. I thrived off of it. You learned so much about how businesses run and everything down to like a kitchen, like the different types of fire systems that they have Hmm. to have in place. Like it was super interesting how much you would have to know just to write an insurance policy on one of those. Wow. Yeah. But I just thought it was such a cool opportunity. And in that industry, like once you're in something like that, everybody collectively works to help you. So even if I wasn't super familiar with the type of business I was writing, underwriters and everybody, they always like had my back, you know, to kind of walk me through it, explain what the different things I need to look for were, kind of provide me a checklist and then help guide me through making sure that the policy I was writing was the best one for the client. So that was really cool. Yeah. I was the, um, I was like number one commercial insurance sales agent for farmers in the state of Ohio for a couple of years. No way. Yeah. So, which I, I love all from scratch, which is incredible. If you think about insurance companies that take books over and you know, more and more books, yes, more and more business, but like, that's awesome. Yeah. When you build it, you, it's your own, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so it's a completely different thing than just buying a book of business from somebody else right. and servicing the clients that they've already obtained. Right. I had to obtain these clients That's and amazing. you had to do it in a clever way. You know, they don't just fall from the sky, just like right. in real estate. Um, but I think that's what's made me such a good realtor, mm. like making that transition from that to this. I was just kind of duplicating what I had did when I built my insurance book and yeah. then taking it to a different level in real estate. Well, that makes a ton of sense. But what was the um, trigger for you to make the switch or to get into real estate? That's a great question. I was doing both together for about four years. Okay. And then COVID happened. And with COVID, you know, in the insurance world, insurance is very challenging anyway. It can be extremely draining. Um, people don't always call you because they're excited to talk about no. insurance. <laughs> they're usually calling you because there's a problem. Yeah. And so that really took a toll on a lot of my staff because I had a fully staffed agency. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of them were just like, you know what? I feel like this whole COVID thing's opened my eyes. I'm going to take on a new career change. And I was left with a fork in the road to decide, do I rebuild my agency again, which is expensive and very time consuming, or do I look at other opportunities and maybe selling it? Mm-hmm. And when I mentioned the opportunity of selling it, I immediately had three people interested in buying my book of business. Wow. And I was like, okay, then I feel like this is where I'm meant to do at this point. Did I say this price? I meant this (laughs) price. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I'll be honest, it was not easy to sell my book. Yeah. I was kind of emotionally attached to it too. It's your baby, man. It's my baby. I knew these people I've known. They're like family. You know, you've known them for so long. And I couldn't tell any of them because I knew that they would just, they would react the same way that I was reacting internally. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I can't do that to them. Um, I want to make sure they're in good hands. And once we made that transition and switch, it technically happened in December, the one year I announced it in January and sent out notices to everybody. And Mm -hmm. I still get a lot of those calls. I get a lot of people that were super excited for me, but also, you know, selfishly like really kind of defeated going you've been amazing i'm super scared of what that means you know for the next one and i'm like i had three people to choose from i try to make sure i made the best decision on who took this Mm -hmm. so it wasn't necessarily just about the money right because i felt like that was even across the board but it was the best person to take over my book Mm -hmm. so awesome 
yeah. the service standards. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's take it back another step farther. So how did you get into the insurance world? Where did that <laughs> where did that desire come oh, from? Oh, gosh. We have to talk about that one We're bank. going all the way back. <laughs> oh. oh, we're going way back. So prior to insurance, I worked for that fraction bank. Ah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is a common story. The more people I talk to, like there seems to be at least one time frame in their life where they worked for that hmm. specific bank. Um, I worked in the commercial department and I started out of there. They recruited me directly from college. I actually was taking a break from college and then they recruited me in and I kind of got stuck. (laughs) Yeah. They put me in management super, super early. I was 22 and I was a manager. Holy cow. And that's extremely difficult. They obviously saw leadership in me that I didn't see in myself at the time. But um, I did that for a few years and I ended up black belting out my entire department which eliminated my job and everybody else's job. And I was super excited about it, to be honest with you. (laughs) So (laughs) um, if you're familiar with Six Sigma, there's like yellow belt certification, green belt and black belt. I had earned my yellow belt. I was in process of a green belt. And then I just accidentally black belted out my entire department. I worked with IT. We created a program that simplified our our processes and Uh took out like 90% of what we needed people in our department for during the day so it was interesting the way it happened because we were really young and people were just blown away and i mean the offers that came in from bank of america and jp morgan chase trying to get me to you know relocate to oh my gosh i think new jersey was one and make one hundred fifty thousand base at the age of 26 i was like "Mm, i don't think new jersey is my cup of tea you know so And plus, I was really burnt out on banking, and I just wanted something different. And I had started looking at other options, and farmers had already come to me and said, hey, we have this opportunity for you to build a scratch book. Would you be interested? And I'm like, this is different, and I Mm -hmm. think I'd like to do something that's different. And that's what led me into that. Oh, wow. That's Mm -hmm. so wild. Yeah, definitely. I've got an interesting background of things that have happened ever since I've left college. No kidding. <laughs> Where'd you go to college? I went to Bowling Green. Oh, Bowling Green. I know. Yeah. But I went because I actually wanted to study psychology and some of the best psychology professors were at that school. It's just, a, I, don't, I don't mind Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. It's just like a long campus. Mm-hmm. I feel like it takes like 35 minutes to walk from one end to the other. Yeah, like, tell me about it. I so went there. <laughs> windy. Got your steps like, so windy. All my friends, I'm from Cleveland. All my okay. friends went to BG. So. Oh my gosh, I don't think I knew you were from Cleveland. Yes. Wow, you admit that Greatest out loud. city in the world. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> sure it is. How'd that Bengals game go earlier? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> it's my only claim to fame right now. Uh-huh, so. I bet. <laughs> so, after that, we were all injured. <laughs> so, Browns are going yeah. down. But so into the insurance business and then made the transition, decided that real estate because you had dabbled into real estate mm-hmm. and then you started you started doing both. And that's when I met you was in yes. the middle of both before COVID. Yes. So it was like, OK, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So you're doing and we met at your office, too. And oh, yeah, you're, you're doing did. all of this mm-hmm. and then you're selling real estate. And I was like, wait, how are you? an on the rise type of agent with a full insurance company business mm-hmm. that you're, you're doing both from. And then I remember when you sold the business and you were like, I'm taking the leap and I'm going yeah. full tilt into real estate. I remember thinking this is going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. 
like it's just going to explode absolutely so you, you've gone you've gone now from insurance into real estate how did that how was how was that feeling and what were your what were your next steps as far as starting that full-time real estate well with you were full-time but like yeah. You know, just full time, right? Estate. Yeah, and I had no intentions of being full time when I owned my agency, and we right. had that conversation. You know, mm-hmm. I got my license because at the time I was sharing an office with a small real estate brokerage, and they were just like, "You're sending us a ton of referrals. You know, why aren't you also just selling real estate?" And I thought, mm-hmm. "How would I have time to do both?" But when I ramped up my my insurance agency with staff then i was like oh okay you know i could do both my intentions were just to do it for my clients a little bit on the side i'm like this is a cool secondary thing to do i'm the type of person like i love to be busy and i like to be doing different things so i don't like repetition i get bored with like a repeat of the same thing Mm -hmm. um and it took off so that first year I had my license, I closed 46 deals. Good gosh. Yeah. And my broker was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm not doing anything. Like, I don't, I'm just, I'm just selling real estate for people that are calling me to ask me to sell real estate. But I was sitting on an entire insurance book of business. Right, yeah. You know, so when we um, started a team this year, I've had to have that conversation with new team members. Like, don't look at the history of which i built my business because it's not going to look the same because you have to remember like I was already technically seven years in at the time to building a business and that played a huge factor in the success that I had transitioning into real estate Mm -hmm. so but to answer your question when I sold my agency you know that was terrifying like I was no longer going to have a base it's not like I had any rental properties that I owned there was no income just as a base income coming in. It was back to full commission. And I had already went through that pain. (laughs) And so to go back to that pain years later was really scary because you know, now I'm in a different milestone in my life where my expenses were a little higher than they were back when I started that. So um, it was extremely terrifying at first, but you know, I looked at it and said, okay, if I've been this successful, having a little bit of a distraction with another company. Imagine what I could do if I put all my focus into this business. Oh, exactly. And mm-hmm. so that's where I, and I wanted to get creative with it. You know, I'm the type of person where I looked at real estate and said, I want to do all the things in real estate. I don't want to just be a listing agent. I don't want to just be a buyer's agent. I want to be able to have knowledge in all aspects because then I can be the best for my clients at that point. And it's the same on location. You know, I'm not going to just limit myself to just Westchester or just Anderson. That's not going to be helpful to my clients, especially if I'm dealing with relocation clients because they don't, they don't know this area. They're not entirely sure where they want to live. So it's my job to have knowledge of all the areas so that I can best direct them on what's going to be the best area for them to reside in based on their wants and needs. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, it was a little painful the first year just because as that happened, we were transitioning out of COVID and that first year real estate blew up like in COVID. That was the year I did like 89 transactions. And I'm like, I'm not even, I don't even think we're supposed to be showing houses, right. you know, cause right. we're supposed to yeah. all be like locked down. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were not locked down, but, um, then rolling into the next year, that's when it got really challenging with the multiple offers. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a couple clients I had wrote 12, 13 offers for, and they were losing and we were going 35, $40,000 over asking price. And there was just a lot of emotions tied to that. It was emotionally draining on them. It was emotionally draining on us. 
um, we didn't know what that meant for the industry. You know, like what was this going to be the new norm for how long? Because we weren't starting to see more properties match the amount of buyers. Right. It was like we were going to be stuck in this cycle and we were just a little nervous at how long that was going to last. Mm-hmm. Um, but then started to transition out of that and I wanted to build a team. Um, Jeremy, my boyfriend and I got together and I found out, I did not know this when I met him. Oh, this is Jeremy. the best story. I know you love Jeremy. <laughs> I met him at the club, the sports club. Right. And um, he was a personal trainer and that's how we got introduced. And it took him like a couple months before he's like, oh, by the way, I have my real estate license. And I was like, really? wait, what? I'm like, how did I not know this about you? And like a couple months like into dating or just, just like knowing just going each to the other. Gym. Yeah, 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 going to the gym because he was helping train me yeah. one to two times a week. Like we weren't even dating yet. He hadn't asked me out yet. Wow. And um, I was like, how did I not know this about you? He's like, yeah, you know, I just do a little bit for my friends, my family or some of my clients here at the gym. I'm like, oh, okay. And he was at Caldwell Banker a Realty Office out of Hyde Park at the time. And I'm like, okay. So then fast forward when we started dating and we were together, I had made the joke with him. I'm like, well, I mean, if we're going to be dating, like we kind of have to like be at the same brokerage. Um, so he had switched over to exp with me and then fast forward, we both ended up building a team and we, uh, went back to Coldwell, but we went to heritage. And so that's where we are today. You know, we have a small team of agents now it's me and him and, in the amount of time we've been together, we're going, it'll be three years this coming year that we've been together, but basically two and a half at this point. Um, he and I have bought our first short-term rental property and we have that and over the Rhine. Yeah, it's a beautiful property. Thank you. You need to come check that out. Yeah, you do. It's, it's pretty remarkable. We love it. You have friends and family discount. We do actually. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do offer, you know, off Airbnb because they charge a lot of fees to uh, us, but also anybody that books. So we always tell everybody, you know, if you want to book it direct and you're local and we know you, then yeah, absolutely. We can give you a better deal and a better price. Um, That was something I had dreamt of for a long time. So I was super excited to have a person in my life that kind of had the same dreams as me. You know, he's like, yeah, I'd love to have an opportunity to own something like that. And when it popped up, we went and saw it and the power was out because this is when the tornado was going through on the yeah. oh, east wow. side. Yeah. And uh, we saw it in the dark and I looked at him and I was like, well, this is a perfect opportunity to snag this, you right. know, because nobody can get in here. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, we somehow got in because I, I don't know. We just got lucky because everything's so you broke electronic. Into your own place. Now. Yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully you bought it. Thankfully we bought it. <laughs> um, yeah. And fast forward, we've had that for a little over a year now. Um, it's been an interesting experience. You know, we've self-managed that the whole time we've had it Mm. just to, I know another thing that we're doing, uh, but just to have the experience because you get to communicate directly with people. And I think the coolest thing is we've had Broadway stars stay there. We've had people from all over the world. We have a French family that came in, you know, so you really get to meet and talk to people from everywhere and what a cool way to do that. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So how many do you guys want? You want to keep going with that? Um, so I think short term rentals probably not because it can be a lot, you Mm -hmm. know, and the way the market is and the industry and just with the cost of everything rising, like you it's hit or miss on like 
if people are going to take vacations and things like that. So we like ours because we use it a lot too, because it's downtown. So it's super convenient. So like last night we were able to, it was three blocks away from where our gala was. Yeah. And so we just, we were able to just walk right home. That's awesome. Uh-huh. It's really fun though. We have private parking. We have a rooftop. It's a really cool opportunity. And it's a cool, ride. it's a really cool space. Yeah, it is. I know you got the pleasure to see it. So yeah. yeah. What? Who do you think did my photos? Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Selfless, selfless, stay there. Selfless plug, go. Yes. <laughs> Next door photo, one of our partners here, at the producers podcast. Yeah. Um, this upcoming year, I think our first big thing is we're going to be doing a flip together. So That's we're really pumped about that. So Very that'll fun. be something you'll see coming soon on the market. Yeah. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get a little bit personal now. Okay. So we've talked about Jeremy. Yep. Um, do you want to talk any more about um, family or? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So where to start? I have a 14-year-old daughter. Uh, she is super active in Color Guard. She's a oh. freshman this year at Lakota West. And uh, she's been in competition Color Guard all year, which is a lot. And I was not familiar because yeah, where I familiar. went to school, we didn't have those opportunities and I had no clue what that entailed but this has been probably one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of um it's beautiful their costumes that they do their entire show and one thing I'll recommend if you've never been or seen color guard competition is sit as high as possible because when you sit at the level and you can see them that's fine that's one view but the whole purpose of their performance is an aerial view Hmm. Kind of like the band script, you know, Ohio State yeah. does. Um, you see everything from a totally different perspective, and it makes way more sense of whatever it is that they're doing. Huh, that's awesome. So it it was beautiful. It's really cool. And then now she's going into Winter Garden. They actually made her captain of the JV as a freshman, which wow. was huge. No kidding. Yeah. She's Dang. really, really excited about that. She's so good at it. She's got the like personality with to make the facial expressions. The whole she's the showman, right? Like yeah, she yeah. she really does well at this, and she this loves is it. The greatest show. <laughs> yes, that oh, would be amazing if they would do that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's been a new thing for our family, and she like Jeremy. She loves Jeremy. Uh, they they bicker a lot back and forth because he likes to pick on her, and you know she's a teenager, and I think it's really easy to irritate a teenager. No kidding. <laughs> they wake up irritated, like yeah. it's just <laughs> it's yeah. part of it. Uh, but they get along so well, and I'm so thankful for that. Awesome. Like that's I wanted something it's like a must, that. Must right? It is a must. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Her dad and I got divorced when she was one. So, and I've never been remarried, and I don't think he has either to my knowledge uh he he does great you know he's still a big part of her life he's super involved uh but just for the sake of like all of her activities since it's closer to me she's usually like with us you mm-hmm. know more of the time than not so sure. which is easier in my opinion because i'm i live super close to everything so it just makes it easier for me to get her from a to b yeah yeah great. Well, yeah. this is totally unrelated, but I happen to know you're into cars like I am. Oh my gosh, yes. So how did you <laughs> become a car nut like me? You know, I was trying to think back on how this happened. And I was actually in high school. I yeah. was 16. And when I got my first car, it was a Chevy Beretta. It was bright red. I loved that car. And I was a young driver. I was really dumb. I was in the parking lot and I somehow turned and like, 
this car which is turning to and she turned right into it being a beretta it like totaled the thing right because it was like <laughs> it started leaking everything right away i'm like i she like barely hit me and right. the car's done <laughs> but <laughs> i was like okay so then i had to get a new car and i fell in love with the old version see this is gonna show my age gosh it was like a 92 mitsubishi eclipse oh yeah but it was manual Boom. i know and i'm like I love the car, but I don't know if I can drive it. And my dad's like, well, what better way to learn? Mm-hmm. You know, you want to go somewhere, you'll learn how to drive it. That's right. And yeah. he's like, I will help you buy it if you'll learn how to drive it. I'm like, I'm in. I'm sold. Yeah. And I think that car is what did it for me. So it was extremely frustrating. There are moments in my life that I'll never forget where I would stall out trying to turn left at a light. And I thought, yeah. this is it. Somebody's going to hit me. I'm done. Um, but it was the coolest thing to launch me into falling in love with cars. So in my lifetime, this is a crazy fact. I've owned 37 different cars. Holy cow. Yeah. And I've built cars like for racing. I've built cars for just show. I had a show car for several years when I was like 18, 19 years old. What was it? It was a 98 Mitsubishi Eclipse. Okay. Um, The plate said wide body on it because I had a custom wide body kit. Nice. Fiberglass molded to it. Yeah. And then like I... I'm really certain I didn't know this about you. <laughs> this so is wild. It's wild. It had, it was two-tone paint. It was uh, pinkish red, black, pinkish red on the bottom, black on top. And then down the middle was silver marble flame design. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it was pretty sick. I loved that car. It was so much fun. I got so many awards. Um, it was just a really great experience. But then, you know, it was a money pit. You know, it was just (laughs) so much expense. And then as I got older, like I still, I still loved cars. I kept transitioning with cars. And actually when I sold my insurance company, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy a car I really want. Treat yourself. It was, but it was a huge mistake in my (laughs) opinion. (laughs) Because Uh little did I know how high maintenance that the Mercedes AMG was, right? Uh And that's Mm -hmm. what I bought. But 577 horsepower, dual turbo, that thing can launch at 1700. It'll throw you in the backseat. It's like riding a roller coaster. You like tap the gas, you're gone. And so, and it growls, it backfires, there's fire that comes out. It's phenomenal. So the moment I got in that car and I turned it on, I was like, I have to have this thing. Like, yes, to whatever it is, like I want it. And I've had that for the past three years, but oh my gosh high maintenance because it weighs it's really heavy you know it's actually it has the same engine as um the um the uh other amg the heavier one what is it called i can't even think my brain semi truck basically (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's massive it's just so heavy and knowing that it's heavy that means that the tires wear out super fast Mm. right and those things have to have big tires and they're just it's very costly but it's so much fun to drive and my whole theory was look i'm like i'm in my car thirty-three thousand miles a year yeah i should love my mobile office right Mm -hmm. it should have everything it should be massage seats heated seat cold seats it should talk to me it honestly should just drive itself it should that would just make things so much because you love to drive i know i do love to drive and i love to just you know 
But with that car, I mean, it can make the most patient person impatient because it's ready to go. Yeah. And you know, you're behind everybody else that's not going the same, as you, yeah. like mm-hmm. same speed as you. And you're just like, I'm trying to tell my car to slow down. It's the car, not me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <That's> so, <right. laughs> I know the feeling. So you're the guy who's behind me just like. Oh yeah. Like right, right up, up on, on your bumper. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm hitting the brake and it's yeah. just, it was, it's ready to go. Yeah. I love that so that's much. Awesome. I love older cars too. Um, I think if I ever had like a bigger garage again, I would absolutely get like a fun project car, mm. like maybe like an old Camaro or Mustang, yeah. just, you know, the hardy. Cause I just love that sound. That's real to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. You so know, real. right now, these cars that you hear now sound like a galactic something driving down the road. It's like that. Eh, and right. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is that? Oh, well, those old school <laughs> engines just shake your inside. Yes. Like yes. your heart just vibrates. Yes. My father-in-law sold his 67 Camaro oh that he like rebuilt himself like original. Uh-huh. And I mean, it was, it was perfect. Yeah. And every like few times a year he'd take it out and be like, you want to drive it? And I'd be like, sure. And I'm the exact opposite of you guys. I don't know anything about cars, <laughs> but then you get all the old guys out there with the, hey, the yeah. thumbs up out the window. Yeah. And then I'm like, Gary, you get this all the time. He's like, yeah. I'm like, is it me or is it the car? He's like, shut up. It's the car, it's the dude. Car. It's definitely the car. It's not you. So, Aww. it's. I mean, he got so many looks for that car. Yeah. It was sold to a guy in like Philadelphia. Like mm-hmm. it's, it was on that auction website. What is it? Bring a trailer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sold it. It was, that's really it cool. Was so fun to watch. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, so. and that's like with my car. Cause you know, I get out of that car and guys are like, there's a girl driving yeah. that. And then they're like You're afraid to ask right. me questions because, you know, they're like, does she know anything? I'm like, what do you want to know? Right. Ask me. I can ramble it all off. That's and so then it awesome. starts a conversation. So if you think about it in that aspect, like you said, because people look and yeah. that thing catches attention too. So, but you also have to behave because it catches attention right. to some degree. Mm, right. uh, but it's a community, it's like a, a way to just start communicating with other people randomly. Sure, you know, yeah. I stop, I get gas like every other day because I have to. Mm, right. Um, and I meet so many people at the gas station that way, just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. I've gotten listings like that I was before. Say, there, there's your lead gen. Absolutely. There right, there, yeah. right? Like you're always looking for creative ways to just talk to X amount of people per day, have a really crazy looking car and that'll do it. That'll, that'll strike up it. a conversation. Heck yeah. Yeah. I yeah, drove a fun. 1980 Buick Century. <laughs> That was my first car. That's fun. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Was it the ones that I had the, the seatbelt that like went automatic? No, oh, okay. it wasn't. I wish it was all bench seats though. <laughs> oh my god! Called it the Beach Cruiser. The it was, Beach. It was tan with a red interior. It was the oh, best. man. And then half the frame fell off. And my dad's like, "Yep, I think she's totaled." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Why?" Yeah, I you're like, it. we can Flintstone it. Yeah, I don't need a yeah, floorboard. Exactly. That's overrated. It was the best. <laughs> That's amazing. Like probably like sitting in a sofa. Yes, exactly. You'd sink into it and be like, ooh. Right. It's like <laughs> yeah. It felt great. I mean, imagine people today, like they don't know, not everybody in our generation, like below us understands having mm-hmm. to roll up a window. Right. You know, like driving down the road and like, oh, yeah. it starts raining. You're screwed. You have to pull over real quick so that you can manually like roll mm-hmm. up the you window. Pump the, you got to pump yeah. the gas because it's carbureted. <laughs> yeah. What's a carburetor? I you know. know like, but those cars, I mean, just, uh, it, there's just something about it. You yeah. know, it felt real. Now everything feels like a computer just mm-hmm. taking over mm-hmm. for you, which can be convenient, you know, if you're just right. driving around aimlessly all the time. But right. if you want something to just thoroughly enjoy, it's yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah that's all. Definitely. We should get back on 
to real estate for yeah. a little bit here. I mean, we're, we're having fun here. We I are. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, the... he's the one who has to rein me <laughs> in. Redirect you. But I'm like, and he's like, oh, I got a question for you. I'm like, whoa, Daniel. <laughs> I love that. We're getting after it today. Yeah. Hey, I couldn't help myself. No, it's great. I mm-hmm. love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Well, I think it, from what I've heard, from you telling me, especially about the insurance agency that I knew nothing about, <laughs> it sounds like that was a huge key to your success. Mm-hmm. And not only just in having all those built-in clients, but probably like the skills that you learned in building that book of business. Yes. Um, I mean, am I drawing a conclusion that that is probably your secret sauce or like your key to success? And then if so, like how do you go forward? Like what are you doing now that's maybe different or what would what's making you successful these days? Yeah, absolutely. You, you nailed it. I mean um, – the thing with real estate is it's a business. And if every realtor who decided that they wanted to sell real estate looked at it and treated it as a business that they were building, then there would be an almost guarantee of success, right? Because it's not an instant gratification. So in our world, you really have to know that this is a long-term game. And so you have to have the ability to build out the business and have plans in place on marketing. And it's got to happen in several different ways. You can't put all your eggs in one basket and you have to take accountability to check the return on whatever it is you're doing as well. Mm, But you know, a lot of people come into this with that instant gratification. You know, they want it now, they want it all now and they don't look at what it's going to take to build it out and what they're going to have to put back into it. Mm -hmm. So with building a business, you have to pour back into your business or it's not going to be sustainable. It's just not. Um, you can go through your, what, what do they call it? The hot 100 list of people, you know, they're, they're going to sell real estate at some point. Sure. But you want to be able to sell real estate to people outside of that list, because at one point you're going to run through that list. You're going to run dry at least for temporarily, right. Mm -hmm. For some years or so, because not nobody's going to sell every year or buy every year. Um, and know that you have to build out a long-term plan. And that's what I'm good at from building my insurance company. So, you know, I have a really good CRM system in place. I've always had one. Even when I had to have it as an Excel spreadsheet, I still had some form of a contact management system in place. Hmm. And that's so that I can track all the people that I come into contact with. And if it's a not now, it's a win. And that's how I was trained in insurance. You know, we were trained to not listen to the no's. We were trained to listen to the pain point of when. And so you just have to circle back to them. And a lot of people get lost in the moment of focusing on the now, trying to get somebody, you know, list their property now, buy the property now. But then they lose touch with all the people that said, oh, I'll do it. Just not right now. Right. You know, and if you can figure out the best way that works for you, because it looks a little bit different for everybody on how to maintain all of those people, then you will always have a constant flow of business. So, and I always go into that when I meet somebody, I'm like, hey, my initial conversation with them is, I'm gonna help you do whatever it is you need to do on your time. Mm -hmm. And then they just look at me like, wait, you're not gonna push me? No, because you need to do this on your time. And I can do it as quickly as possible, or I can do it as slowly as possible. Whatever that looks like, we're going to talk through the entire process the same, but we're going to schedule it on your time. Right. And so 
that's pipelining, right? And then at that point, you just have to know how do I reconnect with those people at what time to make sure that I stay in front of them Mm -hmm. because that's important. Because a lot of times people say, oh, you know, I'm not going to look to buy right now. And then a house pops up a week later and they wrote an offer with the listing agent, right? Mm -hmm. We've all had that pain point happen to us. Um, So you just have to have systems in place, things, things going on that keeps you in front of them at all times. Um, but also that isn't taking up 90% of your day of like trying to text and call every single person, you know, and be like, Hey, remember me realtor. Don't (laughs) forget about me Um, type of thing. So yeah, Yeah. it's been a huge help. Um, I did a ninja training this year through Coldwell and, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, please, please share. It is a ninja sales success training. And my understanding is they do this for real estate, but also for mortgage, And this was probably one of the coolest training sessions I've ever sat in. So it was a lot of information in a very short amount of time. But a lot of the things they tapped on, I was like, oh, hey, I'm already doing that. You know, that's Mm. pretty cool to have somebody kind of validate that I'm doing something right. But there was so much other stuff that they brought up that, you know, I felt like was extremely important for us to remember, too, is that we've got to put ourselves first, too. You know, because in our world, it's a demand world and it's a demand on their time world. Um, so we got to make sure that we have that good balance and that's For a healthy sure. balance. Mm-hmm. And there's ways to do that, but you have to set that expectation, right? right? Um, so I, after going through that, I mean, I walked away, just my mind was blown. I was like, if this was the class they taught for realtors to get their real estate license, there wouldn't be anybody that would fail at this job. Right. Because it taught you how to build the business. It told you all the tips and tricks to be successful. But you would take that, right? Whatever that magic potion is, and you have to adapt it a little bit to match you as a person because Mm -hmm. that's the part that's a little bit different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme that that real estate school is missing That's all I hear about. Mm -hmm. Right, it's like- like, They're kind of missing the ball with it, but you have to educate the law. Like you have right. To, right. I mean, you have to learn how to yeah. do the job. Yeah. But what they're missing is how to do how to run the business. Absolutely. And how to grow the business. Yeah. They don't teach you any of that. And well, like filling out a contract. It's yeah. Not necessarily in real estate school that that well, like right. you probably don't talk about it that much. And it, I'm I'm sure it's different everywhere you go. But like absolutely. When I feel like they need to upgrade the real estate school, right? Yeah. Like this is still set from like 1980, whatever that they started mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And they're still having you manually con- like calculate a bunch of things. Could you use it? Maybe. But the likelihood, less likely, right? right? It's probably good to know, but not to like primarily focus on. Then, you know, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. There's tools in place to help guide you with those things now. Right. And I feel like they should just take the whole like learning aspect and revamp it to match to what we have available to us now. Right. Mm-hmm. That would be such a huge well, you have shift. To, like, you know, yeah. like somebody was mentioning how they should do um, like a field placement. Yeah. Like you should have to shadow a real estate agent for yes. a week or a month or whatever. And like a part of me was like, that's a really good idea. But the other part of me is like, hey, this agent doesn't work on Thursday. So you don't have to come to work today. And right. like, but that's also a lesson learned. Like you set your own schedule, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. But this is what we do when we're at work. So I don't know. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with that. I mean, um, when I was with EXP Realty, we had a mentor program and we would bring agents on as like we could sign up to be a mentor. You have to take a class and be certified to do it. And then when they would come on, they had to do their first three transactions with you and you had to hold their hand. Mm. 
Hmm. And I was like, that's extremely important yeah. mm-hmm. because the problem is like a lot of times these realtors get licensed, they go to whatever brokerage they go to. I'm not here to talk about bad about anybody, yeah. but they're just kind of left out on their own, you know, sure. and it shouldn't be that way. They should not be allowed to write any contracts without assistance. And it should be more than one. Correct. Right. And it you should don't be learn like based on one. You no, know? and you don't even learn based on two or three, but at least you'll have a little bit of experience right. with it, right? I so mean, this is how it is in so many other industries. You yes. don't you go to a restaurant and there's a new waiter or waitress. Training. What are they doing? Right, mm-hmm. they're, they're shadowing somebody else. I know a home inspector, and he wanted to get his inspection license in another state in Indiana, and he had to go and and shadow yep. a home inspector there, and he had to get so many. I mean, it was a pretty large number of hours, and it's like, why why is this not a thing? That would for, be brilliant. That's really, really good idea it's a great idea and the best way to like accumulate for the agent that's doing it to feel that they're getting something out of it is pay them a small split commission sure you know and then they're like oh okay so i and it could be minimal like it could be like it could be a flat fee like Uh you're gonna learn this but you're gonna get paid 100 bucks right to learn it yeah like it doesn't have to be much no but but i agree to like this is what i got paid yes like yes this is the transaction Right. Here's what we got paid. But like you get to see the amount of work uh-huh. on a small scale because what is it? I've had people say, uh, another real estate agent said in November, he said, if anybody thinks that they're working for November right now, they're crazy. <laughs> yep. He was like, we're in February of 2024 right now. He was like, when you really, if, if somebody buys a house right now, it's likely closing either in the end of January or the end of February. 100% accurate. So it's, it's like, you're not working for, for November right now. You're right. working for three months down the road. Right. Yeah. So once you wrap your head around that, and like that's a small taste of what somebody would be able to see. Mm-hmm. For sure. No, that's exactly that's accurate. so much work. It yeah. is a lot of work. So. You know, they don't see all the behind the scenes, but right. if they had to shadow and then saw all the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. then it would give them the ability to yeah. understand everything as it happens. And right? make more of an educated Correct. decision. You know, like maybe that helps with, mm-hmm. you know, the fallout of, of, of new agents. Absolutely. You know, and the, and the retention. For sure. So. We've had so many agents get licensed and then once they were actually in it doing it, they were like, no, this is hey, not for no. me. Yep. Yeah. But in, uh, to your point, I like even my own clients going through the process, There's they will always tell me, they're like, there is no way I could do your job. Yeah. You know, we're in it on this side and we see just this tiny bit and I know you're getting way more on your side. Yeah. And they're like, there's no way. There's so much emotional stuff tied to this. And I'm it's like, it's a great yeah. testament to your systems and and, mm-hmm. and your service standards too, though. Yeah. Because I think that's the difference between a good agent and a great agent. Mm-hmm. You know, what service are you willing to provide, and at what level are you willing to provide it, mm-hmm. is going to dictate your success mm-hmm. in this industry. So, the fact that you recognize that and you championed service, along with along with the pieces of the of the of the real estate team to go along with it because mm-hmm. you have to scale yep so you know when you combine all that good things are going to happen so good job thank you yeah absolutely well we have had a great conversation here we wanted to also ask you for some advice for other agents and for uh, buyers and sellers before we do we just want to give a quick plug to back-to-back ministries which is you know we're here in their space here this podcast studio that they let us use so we just like to give them a quick shout out, a, a thank you. So um, Back to Back Ministries is actually a global nonprofit orphan care ministry with their sights set on providing care for today and hope for every tomorrow. From Cincinnati, Ohio to Hyderabad, India, staff teams around the world are stepping into hard stories and choosing to stay. To learn more about the work Back to Back does, 
how you can get involved, and why a global team won't stop until every child is known and loved, you can visit backtoback.org today. So, yes, thanks again to Back to Back for you, Back this to podcast Back. studio mm-hmm. space. <laughs> I just got five text messages from my five-year-old son and his iPad. <laughs> All letters. No. So I had to say it. That's cute. He's a nut. Well, with that, um, so what advice uh, would you have, Amanda, for, let's, we can start with buyers and sellers if you want. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you know, our market is ever-changing. You know, and I think when you see that shift, when we're looking at interest rates or whatever is on the horizon, it's don't ever feel the need to just wait because it's going to change again. And we don't know if it's going to change for the better or if it's going to change for the worse. And one of the things we learned in Ninja is you got to learn to live in the moment. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a situation where you're not happy with the home that you're residing in, why would you wait? X amount of time to buy it when you think, oh, maybe I could save a couple hundred bucks a month when you could go ahead and make that leap for your family and be living in the moment and then take charge of making those adjustments when that time presents itself. Right. Uh, And the same thing for buyers. You know, a lot of people come into this with this fear, like, oh, my gosh, like rates are super high or there's no inventory. There's no better time to get started than now. And I know that's so cliche when you say it, but you know, I've had clients in the past who have been like, oh, well, I'll wait because I feel like the market's going to change. And maybe they were pre-approved around 200, 250, and they were looking in an area that now they can't buy in right. because yeah. their pay didn't increase as high as the change in the market did, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I've had them make those phone calls to me like in tears going, I wish I would not have waited. Yeah. And it's easier to make the leap and then adjust to it than it is to wait and then resent it. Mm-hmm. So. so true. Yeah, I feel like we hear that over and over. Mm-hmm. So um, what about for new agents? Um, just getting started out. Uh, what advice would you offer to new agents? I think it's extremely important if you're brand new in our industry that um, you look to join a team or partner up with an agent so that you can really learn all the dynamics of the industry you know, doing this solo and not having any background or experience is overwhelming mm-hmm. because it is building a business and you're only going to be semi-successful in it and our dues are only going up. So there's a lot of expense. You're not being trained properly on how to build out your business. You're basically just like running around like a chicken with your head cut off trying yeah. to make things work. And so that part can be temporary. You know, join a team, mm-hmm. learn the ropes, get your feet wet build out your business. And then when you're ready, you go out on your own. And if you join a really good team, they're going to help you and they're going to push you to that point. And they're going to tell you when you're ready, even if you feel like you're not Mm -hmm. right. So I think that's vital. And that's probably the best advice I could give anybody because I've seen from my short time in the experience of having team members on our team that have left our team, but now they're out on their own. They're doing a phenomenal job, right? you know? So the ones that I feel like that we see come in and are on their own, they feel like they're on an Island. They don't know what to do. Even if they reach out for help, it's not really the level of what they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And I think it's so true. I mean, it just goes back to the whole mentorship thing that we were talking about Mm -hmm. or shadowing, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it takes to be successful in any job yep. and especially real estate because there's just too much to learn for anybody to ever teach it in a school setting. Absolutely. And real estate should be collaborative on all aspects. Yeah. 
So, and that's the best way as a new agent is to collab with a group or a team or a person that you get to know really well Mm -hmm. and then you branch out from there. Well, it's been a pleasure. I've certainly enjoyed chatting with you, Amanda, and I feel like I've gotten to know you a lot better. Good. And I felt like we we did a really good job at keeping this really timid. I know. So (laughs) this is not always happening. I don't think we should shock everybody yeah, with all no, that. You know, they'd be like, Maybe "Oh we'll gosh. bring it back." Yeah, like episode yeah. two. We'll do it episode two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you'd be like, "And now on this episode, <laughs> yeah, we're ripping the bandaid off here." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. I, it's always a pleasure talking to both of you. Thank yeah, you so much for having me on. I really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you for being cool. a part of it. You're yeah. awesome. Absolutely.